Hey guys, welcome back to Simply Kim. For those of you who are new, thanks for stopping by and checking it out. And for those of you who have been here before, welcome back. It's been a while, like a really long while, but I can explain. I can explain. So I thought today I would tell you guys, um, number one, where I've been. Okay, of course, Molly has decided that now is the time that she wants to get up and move about. So if you hear jingling, it's Molly, as usual. I don't even know. If you've been here before, you're probably used to the dog jingles. But um, anyways, I thought I would explain where the hell I've been for the last several months. And then also, um, I participated in my first primary election caucus this weekend. So I thought I would share with you guys how that went, what it was like, and then, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if there's anything else I feel like I need to share. So before I get started, um, if you haven't already done so, follow me on social media. It's all linked in the description box below. And yeah, let's talk about where the flip I've been. So I think the last episode I posted was right around Thanksgiving. Um, I really did have actually several episodes planned in December and, um, just because of like how much stuff was happening that month and it being the, almost the end of school before the break, um, like the, it just kept getting away from me. And then I had actually planned on recording an episode on New Year's Eve, but on, uh, whatever the date was the Saturday before New Year's Eve, um, I went to a TRX class and in the last four minutes we were doing abs and then we flipped over to do like planks and stuff. And I suddenly became dizzier than I've ever been in my life. Um, it was the craziest thing. I literally like, it felt like the floor like fell out from underneath me. So like, it was so bad that several people around me and the instructor were all like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So I, um, I kind of just sat there and it sort of stopped and then it started again. And I was like, what is happening right now? So somebody was like, it's probably low blood sugar. Cause it was a 9am class and I had only eaten a banana before because it was too early to eat like an actual meal. And I was like, yeah, probably. So I got to the point where I could drive home, drove home, ate some leftover pizza and drank a strawberry lemonade thing that I've had in my fridge for a while um, and was still having the issues. And I was like, okay, well, if it was blood sugar, that would have taken care of it. So it's not that. So um, went to urgent care the next day because it was still happening. And he did a full neuro exam and um, listened to my heart. And he was like, it's not your heart. You're not having a stroke or an aneurysm. It's not multiple sclerosis based on all the neuro things that he looked at. He's like, so I think it's inner ear. He's like, so use Flonase every night before bed. He's like, and then do this. And it's called the Epley maneuver. And he gave me like two or three sheets of paper with directions on how to do it. Okay. Please keep in mind that I had been dizzy and not able to sleep that, you know, for 24, dizzy for 24 hours and then not able to sleep the night before. So what made him think I was a good candidate for reading and comprehending? I will never know. But I came home. I did it. It got worse. Um, and it said, you may have to do it a couple of times. So I was like, okay. So I did it the next day. No better. Um, finally, a week later, I went back. So New Year's Eve, I was horrifically dizzy, 
And actually, cool story, side note, um, on New Year's Eve, my friend's band played at the Westgate, which used to be the Hilton here in Vegas. And so we got to be in Elvis Presley's dressing room because Elvis Presley had a residency at the Hilton. And it's like his actual, like his actual dressing room, like with the bed he in the bedroom or in the bathroom that he used to rest in. And it was really freaking cool. And then we got to hang, like, we got to actually go out on the stage where um, Elvis used to have his residency. And if you know me at all, you know that while I'm impressed by Elvis Presley things, what was way more impressive to me is when we were little, when we were younger, um, every time we would come here, we would go, our family would go see Starlight Express in that theater. So you bet your sweet ass, very, very intoxicated, I was on stage doing the mega mix choreography from the end of Starlight Express. And I have no regrets, <laughs> none. Um, so that was super fun. And then it's really cool because backstage there, there's this area um, where it's like the original wood and you can actually see like a difference in like the stage versus this area. And there's a sign over it and it says Elvis um, used to stand here and pray before he'd go on stage. So that was really neat. And then on the stage, there's an original mark from when Elvis used to go out and um, talk to the crowd the first time in the show and they don't ever re like remove the mark. And um, it's very much, you can very much sense something in the theater and in the dressing room. There was a point when April and I were uh, in the dressing room, it was just the two of us. And we both kind of stopped and looked at each other and we were like, do you like, does it feel like there's somebody else here? And it did. It was very interesting. It's really cool. So that was super fun, except for the fact that I was super dizzy. Um, so I remained dizzy for the first three and a half weeks of January. And then, um, I don't even remember what order things went in. January was a dumpster fire. So I was dizzy for three and a half weeks of it. And if you've never had vertigo, it's, I can't explain it. Like I've heard people talk about vertigo, but I never really understood until I experienced it. It's awful. It's, if you have it all the time, I literally come to Las Vegas. I have a physical therapist now that you could like go see and hopefully he can help you. It's awful. So, um, while the dumpster fire of January was happening, um, one of my very good friends that I've known since sixth grade and um, was diagnosed with cancer, stage four neuroendocrine cancer in October, and he passed away on January 20th. And then, because January wasn't awesome enough, um, hold on, I'm trying to do the math. 10 days later, I think it was 10 days later. On Wednesday, not the next week, but the week after that, I had to put JJ to sleep. JJ was the foster fail from about 18 months ago, my little grumpy old man. Um, and they think he ended up having a brain tumor and he was having all sorts of issues and it was awful. And we had done a lot of things to try like help him with his anxiety and it wasn't getting better. And then, um, and then he lost his sight and then they said, well, there's something else we can do to try and help him sleep. And I was just like, we're done. We're just done. So yeah, that was January. <laughs> and then February, um, the 6th and 7th, I was in Reno 
for Andrew's memorial service. And this has just really been kind of the first time that I've actually uh, been emotionally and mentally prepared to do this. So anyways, that's where I've been in case you were wondering. And if you follow me on social media, then you're aware of most of this stuff. But if you don't follow me on social media, go do it. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about caucusing because caucusing, we call it cockeying <laughs> just cause we like to say that we went in cockeye. We went to the cockeye. Um, we just think it's more fun, but, uh, so we went, I thought I was going to get to go with my friend. And as it turned out, we had to go to separate places, but, um, I went, of course, on Saturday, it was pouring down rain. Now, mind you, it had been perfectly blue, sunny skies all week. Not warm, but sunny. And then it starts pouring down rain. So I get there. The parking lot was about half full. And they said to be there um, between like from 10 to noon was like check-in and everything. And then the cockeye started at, <laughs> I can't take it seriously, at noon. So got there. There were, the parking lot was about half full. Um, there was a guy with a guitar walking in when I was parking and I was like, Ooh, we're going to get music. But I was in the cafeteria and he must've been in a classroom or in a gym. We were at a middle school because he wasn't in my room. So I got no entertainment. Well, I did get entertainment, a small kid named Sawyer, but I'll get to that. So, um, first of all, I have to tell you, nothing makes you more concerned about the future of this country than watching people try and check in to vote. Because there was literally a guy, probably like 19, 20, and the girl goes, if your last name starts with A through D-E-M, you're in the first line. D-E-M through L is in this line, or K maybe, L through R, and then the S to the end is in this line. And he goes, D-E-M, and he goes, what about F? And she's like confused, and she goes, no, like the letters D-E-M, like Democrat. And he's like, well, where's, where's F? And I was like, oh my God, I can't even. So I had to help explain. And then he was at the wrong pole, like at the wrong place. I, whatever. I cannot with people. But, um, so we, it took until about 1045 to get checked in and they give you like a ballot. Um, one side is for the first alignment, they call it, I'll explain. And the other side is for the final alignment. <laughs> And clearly they printed them out several weeks ago because there were names of people who are no longer running, um, which I was like, does he know he's on the ballot? Because he took himself off the ballot. So, okay. Um, so went in and we sat by precinct. So there were only 11 in-person voters in my precinct. Now, I'm, I have to clarify this because like people have been freaking out. Um, there were 11 in-person and 43 mail-in. Or early voters, I mean, not mail-in, but early voters. The thing you have to keep in mind is there are way more precincts in Vegas than I feel like there are in, like, California, for example. But also, my precinct just happens to be two apartment complexes and one set of tract homes. So, I mean, if you figure, you know, in apartment complexes, you're going to have a much smaller number of registered voters. And then on top of that, you're also going to have independents and... Republicans who were not caucusing, independents can't caucus at all here, and then Republicans would not have come. So, um, you know, I mean, you, it was a, there is a much higher number of registered voters. That's just how many were able to come to the caucus or early vote. Um, so 
we finally, it finally started at like 1235. Um, because they just kept letting people get in line. And I was like, I thought you said the line closed at 12. What is happening here? And, uh, there was this woman who had her son with her. His name was Sawyer. And it was really, really cute because at one point they went to walk around the room and he showed up with a sign from somebody who was supporting Pete, um, Buttigieg and, and it said pugs for Pete. And, uh, so he showed up with this sign and some lollipops. And I was like, now that's the way you get people to vote for you. You have signs of cute dogs and lollipops because <laughs> that's a platform, you know, a lot of people might be able to get behind. So, um, so Sawyer was like our comedic relief. It was hilarious because he was just one of those kids who was like super quick and super sassy and I loved him. Um, so they called it to order and they had like a packet of information they had to read and it was all the rules and how things were going to work and this and that. And they, um, the temporary precinct captain had to like nominate herself to become the permanent precinct captain. And then they had all these letters from our governor and our senators. And they were like, would you, you know, do you want us to read these letters? And we were all like, no, please don't. Cause there were like 10 pages of letters and we were like, no, we're fine. So, um, we did the math to figure out. So each, if you, in order for your candidate to be what they call viable, which means that they had enough voters to go on to the next round. You had to have seven voters. So we did our first round, and um, after it was done, we ended up with only two viable candidates, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. And so um, the there was one person who had voted for Biden and one person who had voted for Pete. And so they said, okay, you guys can go into one of the viable groups. Um and they said one person from each group uh, can give a one minute speech to, you know, try and persuade the people. Well, I got nominated somehow for my group. And then the girl who got nominated for the other group. So she was in the Sanders group and she um, and I'm not 100 percent like I'm aware that Elizabeth Warren is not going to be the nominee barring some unforeseen circumstance. Um but I do really like her on education. And as I work in the school system, that's important to me. So just a little disclaimer. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so the people who were there supporting Bernie got like a flipping packet when they came in. And it had talking points in case you were the one minute speaker. Well, I didn't even know this was a thing because I've never cockeyed here in Nevada. So um, I don't remember what exactly I said. But basically I was like, you know. Really, these two people want very similar things. It's really just their approach and how they handle things. And I said, but I think that the bottom line is whoever is on the ballot in November is who everyone needs to support. So the poor girl who went for Bernie, she's trying to read through this packet and do like a one minute, like a synopsis of like, the, it literally had like 25 pages and she's flipping through it, trying to do a synopsis. And I was like, oh baby, like pick three key idea, ideas. Cause you know, in a minute you don't have time. I mean, that's not a lot of time. So, um, and she did fine, but I was just like, that was way too much information for them to give them to try and sort through. Um, so after we did that, then they had, they realigned themselves, the people who were um, there, and they both came over to our group. So 
So we did that count. Well, then we had to figure out, okay, so if you did early voting in Nevada, you had to pick three names in order. This is why this story right here should give everyone pause about ranked choice voting and how there needs to be some kind of training. Because a lot of people like either put three people who had no chance uh, like of being viable um, or they only put like two names so their ballots were eliminated. So um, that was a little bit of a struggle and I I can't imagine that anybody's going to caucus again after this election. I just have a feeling we're all going to go to primaries, which is how it should be. This is insane because it really... It is problematic because you do have to have a chunk of time. Like it was, it was four and a half hours from start to finish. Um, and granted, like I got there early because I didn't really know what the deal was. But I mean, my group ended earlier than a lot of other groups because we had such a small number of people. Um, so, anyway, so when we got done, we they did the math to figure out how many delegates each person got, and there were two of us that you know one of us from each group that went up and stood by them and made sure that they did it right and whatever. I also thought it was interesting. Our precinct captain didn't really appear to have known a lot of the people's names. Like she was like, she's like, Amy, and I was like, I mean, it took me a while to get Amy's last name down, but I'm thinking like, if you're a precinct captain, I would like practice it a couple of times just to make sure. But anyways, I just thought that was interesting. Um, so when all was said and done, Bernie got seven delegates from us and then, um, Elizabeth got four and then they had people sign up, uh, to be delegates for the county convention. And I'm not sure how, but I ended up on that list. So apparently it's, uh, possible that I will be going to the county convention. Um, if she is still in at that point, I would be going to be an official delegate. And then from there they would pick state delegates which is really like, I would love to be on the convention floor. So this is like a pathway to that. So we'll see how that ends up working out. But yeah, so that was my um, caucusing experience. I mean, our precinct was very like calm and civil and everybody was just like, we were already sitting in our groups basically. So we were like super efficient and fast. Um, And it seemed like everybody who was there pretty much had the same sort of like overall spirit of unity and uniting the party and, and keeping everybody in, you know, in peace with each other. So that was really good. Um, but yeah, so that was my caucus experience. And then, um, today, so I totally just remembered that I should share this bit of information for those of you who know, um, I graduated from grad school seven years ago. And since then I have been in a seven year, debacle with ASHA, which is the group over speech and language pathologists, um, which is what I am. And there was a paperwork error on their part, but then they said, oh, well, you have to take these extra classes. So I took the extra classes finally, because in California, I didn't need this certification here. I need it to have a clear license. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll take statistics. I'd rather peel my face off, but I'll do it take the classes, and then they say, oh, your praxis exam score is too old by six months. So I had to retake the praxis, which is a nightmare test, and I passed it. So today I called because 
I looked online and my application still was missing the Praxis score. So I called and I was like, hello, um, you guys, I sent it, you know, at the beginning of February. So I just wanted to check and see if you've gotten it yet. She goes, yeah, we got it on February 11th. Fantastic. I said, so about how long do you think? She's like six to eight weeks. I'm like, good Lord, fine. <laughs> got an email at 2 p.m. Congratulations on getting your, your, on becoming a CCC SLP. And I was like, is there any way you people could get it together? But bottom line is I have finally, finally, finally finished the terrible certification, which has been like hanging over my head. So now I get a pay increase, not like a big pay increase, but like, you know, I mean, I guess any pay increase is better than no pay increase. And, um, I can get my license clear here in the state of Nevada. Uh, and I don't have to worry about that. So very exciting, very relieved, very glad to be done with that. So, um, yeah, let's see. Any other life updates that I need to share with you guys? I don't think so. Um, I think that's about all I have. I know this is a rather short episode. Um, I'm getting back in the hang of this. I swear I went to record last night and I literally was like, I don't know how to do this anymore. So I'm going to have to work on it and get better. And, uh, yeah, I also, the other really funny thing is if you do follow me on Instagram, you may have seen around New Year's Eve, I, I actually did some like New Year's goals this year, which I don't normally do. And hilariously, one of the non-financial goals was that I would get on a regular podcast upload schedule, which clearly was super successful. So, um, yeah. So it is my hope that I will be able to get on a regular upload schedule, but we'll see how that actually goes. So anyways, um, I hope you guys have all been well and I have missed uh, rambling into my phone with you all. Uh, so yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night and uh, take care. That is all. Bye.